Hey, welcome back to the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Well, hey, you're about to listen to the Bitcoin Podcast announcements, and we got to tell you something. What's come to our attention, people didn't realize this, and we got to let you know, these are sponsored episodes, meaning that the participants that come on these episodes have paid to get access to you, and that's the way that works. So, featured on our network means that it's sponsored. So, um, we wanted to get that out in the open. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Here it is. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. And hello, everybody. Welcome back to the network. If you heard that music by the absurdist, you know that it is time for the Bitcoin Podcast's announcements. And uh, we're going to jump right into it like we always do. And uh, I would like to introduce the CEO of CoinCloud, uh, Chris McCallery. How are you doing, Chris? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Um, so we always like to ask these questions first. Um, and that is, who are you? Who is Chris? How did Chris fall into crypto? What was Chris doing before crypto? And then how did those two meet up? Where was the crossroads there? Yeah, interesting question. So uh, before crypto, I, I was playing a lot of poker through college and got into like the online poker craze <clears throat> and uh, graduated college and was trying to figure out if I wanted to get a real job or not, but I had like <laughs> significant savings from from playing poker successfully through college and uh, ended up buying a house in Las Vegas uh, and just playing poker. And it was like 99% playing online. And then uh, all of a sudden there was this day called Black Friday where the sort of the Department of Justice seized Full Tilt Poker and Poker Stars and the major poker sites and, and froze, froze those balances. Um, that was in 2011. And that was uh, maybe a couple months after the first time I heard the word Bitcoin, uh, which I heard about it on my favorite podcast, uh, Econ Talk, and uh, you know, got the thought it was an amazing idea. Got the juice spinning, be control of your own money. Um, the government can't seize your 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 assets if they're in Bitcoin. You control your private key. All that was pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, I see Full Tilt Poker and. PokerStars get seized and the, the account balance is frozen and it went into an arbitration process and I ended up getting those funds like f five years later. Um, but with Bitcoin, you know, I, I sort of saw a real world use case where like, you know, had these poker sites been done in Bitcoin uh, in, in a way where you held your own private key balances on the sites, like that would have never happened. Um, or you could send in Bitcoin much easier to and from the site Uh online deposit and, and withdrawal access. So, uh, you know, after that, it happened after the, uh, department of justice seized my, 
my balance, you know, I, I really was interested in Bitcoin and decided to uh, learn a little bit more. And I, you know, I wanted to buy more. And at the time, Mt. Cox was the only option. I didn't feel comfortable uh, sending money there just based on my experience with Full mm. Tilt. Um, so I decided to start <laughs> I don't mining. Blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. So I like did a deep dive into like, you know, mining and I built my own like GPU mining rig, um, from scratch and was mining in my garage in Vegas, um, in 2011. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was mining maybe like one or two Bitcoins a day at like $2 each. And then, uh, got my first like electricity bill in the middle of summer in Vegas Oof. and it was like 500 bucks and I was mining $2 Bitcoin. It was like, this, this doesn't make sense. So I unplugged it. Um, but that, you know, was my first really hands-on experience with yeah. Bitcoin and, you know, sort of saw how it worked and was, uh, sort of became the Bitcoin guy in Vegas and was trading it, uh, you know, with people amongst friends and family and, uh, going to meetups and doing trades and coffee shops and casinos here in Vegas and saw sort of like a ground uh, level, street level demand <clears throat> for the trading and buying and selling of Bitcoin. Um, fast forward a couple of years, 2013, um, an acquaintance here in Vegas uh, prototyped the first Bitcoin ATM, mm-hmm. uh, a company called Robocoin. And uh, they were sending yeah. the... Uh, yeah, they were sending the machines to Canada and overseas in Europe, um, but nobody was operating in the United States. And I, you know, I approached them. I asked them, "Hey, why is this the case? Um, seems like a, you know, there's a business opportunity there." And they said, "Oh, it's money service business laws. You're regulated like Western Union and MoneyGram and foreign exchangers." Um, nobody figured it out. Fortunately for me, you know, my college roommate was practicing law here in Vegas and. You know, I approached him and I said, hey, here's this problem. Here's these set of rules. Can we fit Bitcoin into these existing uh, laws around money service businesses? And, uh, you know, after three to six months of research, uh, we did launch our first Bitcoin ATM on the Vegas Strip in 2014. Um, and, you know, fortunately for us, it, the demand was there and the machine, you know, really killed it. And we have grown organically since uh, and, you know, have seen the growth in, of Bitcoin and the demand for our product grow, uh, which has been awesome. And now we're at uh, 220 locations. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, nationwide where you can you know, buy and sell Bitcoin for cash instantly uh, <clears throat> using our ATMs and, uh, you know, are continuing to grow quite fast and faster than we ever have. Uh, despite sort of this bear market in Bitcoin, we're adding yeah. right now 25 machines a month and we'll probably be adding 50 to 75 by the end of the year per month. So uh, that is that is quite an accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah. I, um, Thanks. It's, it's a good performance metric for the whole space. Right. And and that is that your ATMs are, are being used quite a bit. And I mean, if you're putting 25 out a month, you know, that's almost every other day that's you're just cranking them out and it it says a lot to adoption which is something that we love on our network is we always talk like where's the adoption is the only thing that matters point blank period right not transactions per second not all these other metrics that the community just ooze and awes over it's it's adoption are people using the shit and i think that (laughs) that's your uh 
you you got a, a good um case study there like yeah people are using my atms so um let's let's go a little bit more to the origins of coin cloud though um you know why did you feel the immense need to start it up you know maybe there's some cool stories around the name i don't know what's let's let's go about the origins of, of coin cloud <clears throat> yeah um you know I, I saw the need for the cash to bitcoin trading just for meeting people in coffee shops or on local bitcoins and taking a look at that market it was like sort of a very inefficient market people were you know meeting random other people on the internet in random places uh at random times and there just seemed like a a hassle right you you don't really trust the per you don't know if you trust the person you're meeting they could rob you they could scam you um they could hack you uh you're haggling over price you don't know if they're a compliant trader uh because of that you know even if you're on local bitcoins and you're doing it as a business you have to comply with the money service business laws and i would imagine most people aren't and so there's a lot of problems with that market and uh you know our product really just solved all those problems in one swoop you know you put a machine down it's there you know if the store is open 24 hours a day it's 24 hours a day you don't have to coordinate with meeting somebody you know where the address is easily <clears throat> coin cloud is a trusted counterparty we're registered uh federally um we offer customer support that's 24 7 uh, both phone and uh, email and text so uh, you know, we're there for our customers and want to make sure the transactions are successful. And if you're new to Bitcoin, we want to you know, take that opportunity to to help you out, get you on ramp you into the system, show you like what an amazing uh, tool cryptocurrency is. And then, you know, we, we really relish that opportunity to build trust with our customers and that it builds it builds, uh, you know, a nice loyal customer base that that knows, you know, coin cloud is going to do them right. This sounds like you have a lot of differentiators from your competitors. And let's go, let's elucidate that a little more. Like what makes your ATMs different from your competitors? Cause that's pretty competitive yeah. right now. A lot of Bitcoin ATMs, crypto ATMs. So what, what, uh, what do you think sets you apart from the rest? Yeah. Um, you know, we think about this all the time, how we can offer a better product to all our customers. One, we're the largest, so we've got the most locations, but like I just mentioned, we've got the, uh, the live customer support. Mm -hmm. um we offer new product we just offered was uh our, our altcoin platform so you can trade uh up to 70 altcoins right now and we're adding more and more as they come out um which is an amazing feature we just added we've got a uh, bitcoin wallet that's an accompaniment to our ATM that you know helps you find the nearest ATM to you. It's got our customer support information in there, and uh, we offer support on that wallet, and that's free to download in the App Store. Nice. And uh, you know all of our machines. I forgot to mention this is the most important thing. Since day one, all of our all of our machines are two way Bitcoin ATMs, um, which means you can both buy and sell Bitcoin for cash at the kiosk. Um, <clears throat> you know, most of our competitors are, are one-way machines where you can only buy Bitcoin. Um, and we use some special hardware components that are a little bit more expensive and uh, but higher quality and, and allow for the buying of selling of Bitcoin. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're not just an a, a on-ramp. We're an on-ramp and an off-ramp uh, to Bitcoin. So what about the, um, 
What about the user's interaction? What about the user story? Because, you know, ATMs, the, the ATM that I use, I've only used one Bitcoin ATM. It was RoboCoin. It's funny that you mentioned. And it was in Austin, Texas. or And I think it was RoboCoin. But it, it just took a long time. And it was years ago, by the way. It was maybe three years ago. But it just took a long time to get set up. And then the confirmations, you know, there's that natural um, point of resistance there is that if the network is bogged down, then the confirmations might take a while. What's made yours so successful? Yeah, you know, the, the RoboCoin was, you know, the first to market and there were all sorts of different problems with that that kiosk and it was a nightmare to operate as an operator and our, you know it was a nightmare to use as a, as a customer um that first iteration had a lot of problems and uh you know it's no surprise that that company you know wasn't able to solve those and they're no longer around um but each iteration of machine and the hardware and the software uh has gotten much much better and uh you know now you can walk up to our machines put in your phone number scan an id and buy up to ten thousand dollars in crypto within five minutes mm-hmm. um you know you scan once you scan your id we go through the uh, our compliance process you'll get a text you're approved uh once you've been approved you no longer have to do that on subsequent trips to the machine um and you know once you put in the cash and hit i'm done we, we broadcast that transaction to the network instantly. Um, so you'll see that on the blockchain with zero confirmations instantly. And then, you know, waiting for a confirmation can take, you know, anywhere from a minute to 30 minutes usually. Um, on the sell side, uh, for smaller transactions up to $500, um, you, can, you can start the transaction from home. Or, or, hold on. I'll back that up. So for smaller transactions under $500, we'll do zero confirmations. Mm -hmm. So it'll spit out the cash instantly as soon as it sees it on the network. Um, For bigger transactions, if you don't want to wait for the confirmation, you can go to uh, our web app on our website um, and sell ahead of time. So you you can be sitting at home uh, and reserve cash in the machine, send the Bitcoin to the machine, and then have it uh, reserve there for when you actually go to the kiosk, put in your redemption code, and you can withdraw instantly. Mm-hmm. So you're not standing in front of the kiosk waiting for a confirmation uh, in the meantime. I think that's very forward-thinking of you, by the way. I, I read uh, having a web app and having an app, period, because I read recently, I think it's on like, I don't know, CNN Business or Ford, one of those business uh, sites, um, and it said that the the two large fastest growing mobile payment points are Starbucks app and McDonald's app because people are paying for their stuff before they get there. Wow. And they just pay for their stuff and then they get their coffee and they're good or they get their double cheeseburger and they're fine. And I was like, wow, that one little change of allowing people to do something before they get to the destination physically is is rapidly growing in popularity. So it's a pretty forward thinking of you. I don't know if you did it because you saw that trend or you just did it because it's like, hey, this is going to be easier for people if they can start the transaction uh, before they get to the actual physical point where they're going to go. Yeah, no, we were getting a lot so. of feedback from customers like, oh, I got to wait for a confirmation. And, then, you know, customers been calling a customer support line like, hey, it's been 40 minutes. Why isn't my cash here yet? Mm-hmm. And we saw that pain point and we're just like, yeah, there's no reason why we can't create this web app to uh, you know, take care of it 
uh, ahead of time and have it ready for them when they arrive. And you know, they can check the blockchain from home and see. They'll get a text message too, but you know you can see in real time uh, via third party, like a blockchain.info, uh, that you know what this transaction status is. Interesting. So you mentioned something about compliance. Could you would you like to elaborate like on the efforts that CoinCloud goes through to to maintain the utmost compliance and and make sure that all parties involved aren't going to get angry knocks on the door for men in black suits. Or, or Navy jackets, <laughs> try to figure out what happened with the money, where's it going, how to get there. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, in 2013, mm-hmm. the Department of Treasury came out with guidance that classified you know, crypto traders as financial institutions under the Bank Secrecy Act. And it's, you know, an act, the Bank Secrecy Act sort of governs uh, banks as well as quasi financial institutions like ours and Western Union MoneyGram. And, uh, you know, an obligation on the Bank Secrecy Act to make sure you're not money laundering, essentially. Yeah. You're not, none of the money that you're touching has come from criminal sources or is being used in some sort of criminal enterprise. And, you know, Bitcoin's a new technology. And, uh, you know, we're sort of the first to wrap our heads around how to mitigate the, those risks uh, between cash and Bitcoin. And so, you know, at, at our machine, we're, we're IDing every customer to make sure we know our customer uh, and where that cash is coming from. And then um, we are, we have a set of like limits in place to make sure they're not going over certain thresholds that the government deems is, uh, you know, you need to file reports on. So if you're doing a cash transaction over $10,000, you know, you're supposed to file what's called a, a CTR. Uh, we're making sure the customers don't do that on a daily basis. So we don't have to file those reports. And then, you know, our, our compliance team is, is just, you know, monitoring some of the transactions that meet higher risk thresholds and uh, just making sure that they're, you know, doing reviews to make sure that those funds aren't being used for criminal activity. Um, and if, you know, we have a suspicion that they're being used for criminal activity, we'll, we'll either contact the customer and say, hey, you know, this is suspicious. Can you help explain what's going on here? Um, and if they can't, or you know, it is turns out they're honest and it is being used for legal activity. We'll shut them down uh, and you know, file whatever we need to do with law enforcement. So that's in a nutshell, sort of what we're doing. Uh, you know, I can go into a much deeper dive, but I'm not sure the average listener really cares a, a lot about uh, you know what the regulations are and some of the more boring aspects of operating our business. If uh, if they do. Maybe Chrissy can go on our other show, the Law and Blockchain podcast that we have on our network. I would love to. I had to, I had to plug there. That was a, <laughs> yeah, Amy, I hope you're that's definitely the crowd that would be interested in, in learning more about this. But yeah, you know, we, we are working with uh, a lot of regulators and uh, law enforcement um, at various levels to make sure you know our customers aren't being scammed, um, to make sure that the funds aren't being used for illegal activity. And unfortunately, one of the things that we've been seeing more recently at the machine is customers being sent there as a part of a scam. Mm. Um, you know, it's sort of these old scams that were previously on Western Union and MoneyGram that would be like, buy this car on eBay for, you know, buy a new BMW for 5,000 bucks. And it's like a too good to be true story. And they'll mm. run down to the Western Union or in this case, the Bitcoin ATM and send you know, $5,000 worth of Bitcoin, you know, to who knows where. Um, and, you know, we've, we've 
actively been trying to combat that sort of nefarious activity. Um, you know, we're doing that by putting several warnings on the machine, uh, both when you log in and then on, on the bottom of the footer um, on every page. And then, you know, our customer support staff uh, is trained to uh, you know, look out for the various signs. A lot of these people are new to Bitcoin and they'll call in and not understand it. And we'll, we'll make sure that, you know, have you been sent to the machine by a stranger? Were, were you on eBay or is this an IRS agent trying to say you need to pay your taxes through Bitcoin? Those are always scams. Yeah. And, you know, we've trained our customer support staff to really look out for those and protect our consumers. That's good. Um, so speaking of the consumers, um, what's let's go from like point A all the way to point Z, however many there may be, about what I would need to start using your ATMs fresh. What would I need to do? Yeah, so you can uh, you, you need to set up the account. So that's essentially just scanning your ID. Um, you can do that at home uh, right now. Uh, you can just go to our web app. Um, cash.bitaccess.co and there's a link on our website um, or you can just go to the machine and, and do it you can do it either way and essentially you put in your phone number we'll text you a six digit code uh, that proves you on the device that uh, that has that phone number and then uh, it'll prompt you to take a picture of your photo ID um, once you submit that it's about a five minute process or less um, where you know, we, we check the ID, make sure that, you know, the name on that ID is not on a terrorist watch list um, or anything like that. And then once you come back, you know, approved, you'll get a text message. Hey, please, uh, you know, go use the Bitcoin ATM and you've got full limits. Nice. That sounds like a very smooth process. I know, I don't know how many people in the audience have ever sent their ID somewhere. I, I think the first time you do it, it's a little bit like uh, nerve wracking, but now I've done it so much with so many different companies from my bank to, you know, all the different agencies that I interact with sending my photo ID is like, you know. Yeah, it was like unheard of five years ago. And it's amazing like what mobile uh, and web-based technologies and web-based like FinTech has, has changed. You know, it's like almost a standard part of opening account, even at like Venmo or <clears throat> um, a lot of these other new fintech institutions mm-hmm. and it is as funny as uh i was trying to get my pops to open a coinbase account three three years back and he was like what do you mean i gotta send in a picture of my driver's license i was like well i mean that's what they want you to do so do it he's like i've never had to do that before and i was like well uh times change i don't know what to tell you i mean if you feel uncomfortable with it i guess you could go to california and give them your you want you want to go to California and give them your license? I don't know what you want me to tell you. So um, yeah, the, the, so for everyone listening, when, if you are going to use uh, Coin Cloud ATM, just submit your ID. They make sure that uh, you don't have any nefarious plans or have done any nefarious things, and then you're good to go. You can start using the ATMs. Right, and if you want to do smaller transactions too, if uh, you can just put in your phone number, and if your phone number has a name registered to it, so like you know, we can do a lookup automatically that say, you mm-hmm. know, says, oh, you know, my my phone number is registered with AT and T under my name. Uh, we can do a lookup on that name, and you, that'll give you uh, two thousand dollar lifetime limits. Oh, nice. So that will, uh, you know, for people wanting to do small transactions or 
buy their first crypto or just play with the machine as a new technology, uh, all you really need is a phone number. Mm-hmm. What about um, what about fee wise? Um, so some ATMs have higher fees than others. Um, what what does the fee run? Is it the same? Is it static, or does it change depending upon the location? I don't know what what's the. Yeah, um, for now it's static. So you know, on the buy side, we're ten percent roughly. It changes. It varies by location depending on sort of the rent we're paying there and regulatory requirements in that jurisdiction. But typically, on average, it's ten percent on the buy side. On the sell side, it's about five percent. Um, and in terms of uh, you know. We, we would like to implement some sort of dynamic fees. Um, we've sort of played around with it where we want to balance our buy and sell ratios um, to manage the cash that's in, in the machines. Um, we're working on some solutions to that, um, but that's a feature we'll probably add in time. Okay. Um, this is this might be outside of the box question, I don't know, or maybe you get it a lot, but how would this benefit the small business owners because oh, it's huge for small business owners. Um, you know, you, you may not even know what Bitcoin is as a small business owner. Um, and that doesn't matter. You're still going to see the benefits to your business. Uh, you know, we come in and place the machine for free, install it for free, do all the support on the machine for free. Uh, you know, cash logistics, customer support. You don't have to worry about anything. It just sits in like the corner of your store and it's a 16 by inch, 16 by inch, uh, four space. So mm, very small, very small. And, uh, we pay you rent based on the transaction volume of the machine. Um, which is great for you know, the unused corner of your store. And then not only that, you're getting a lot of new foot traffic into your store. Um, you know, people that are coming there because they search, they Google Bitcoin. Where can I buy Bitcoin locally? And it's one of the few places in your city that they can actually go and do that. And so we've we've had stories where you know people have driven, you know, three hours from Utah to Vegas because they it's, it's the only place that they can buy Bitcoin for cash. Mm-hmm. And so you know that's an extreme example, but often people are driving 15, 20 minutes across town to your store, um, and that that's a lot of unique foot traffic that would have never otherwise uh, come into your store. And obviously, there's spillover effects to that. And, you know, you can sell your product and, uh, you know, hopefully we can sell our product to your customers. And so there's a, like a lot of good sort of cross pollination that's happening, um, from this tiny little 16 by 16 inch floor space in your store. Yep. It's uh very akin to the way ATMs work before people didn't use them. Like I, it was always, when I was a kid, I used ATMs a lot, like go get, you know, lunch money or whatever. And anytime I was in the gas station, it was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and buy a soda too. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no, like, exactly the effect. And, you know, our customers are typically more of the convenience based customers because, you know, we do charge a little bit higher rate than you can get on Coinbase, but you're paying for the convenience, right? You're, you're paying for your cash yeah. now. And, and that sort of customer is also the customer that wants his soda now and he wants his, you know, candy bar now. And, uh, it's just a great crossover in those demographics. Good, good deal. So just a few questions left. I guess one, you mentioned altcoins earlier. What Which altcoins specifically are, are being added to the system um, that you can boast about? There's some popular ones out there. Um, which which are which are new, which are upcoming? Can we get any 
Yeah, so we've got the the major altcoins that you would think like the top five, like Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum and Ethereum Classic and Tron and uh, Litecoin. And, uh, (laughs) you know, we want to let consumers have access to as much as possible. Um, And so, you know, we we sort of do our own review and make sure it's not a complete outright fraud. You're not buying Mm -hmm. BitConnect on our platform. Um, <laughs> so we're just, you know, making sure that it's a legitimate product and then we'll put it on the platform and, you know, allow the consumer to decide sort of wh- where they want to put their money and invest their money. We're just trying to make it accessible to them and make crypto uh, accessible to, to everybody in the world. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned BitConnect. I was trolled by more than a few in our <laughs> community back in the day. Yeah. That's how they get you. Yeah. They're like, I was just like asking them very simple questions that they should know about, you know, blockchain tech. And they were like, you keep saying these words. You don't, you just mad because you don't know math like us. And I was like, that's ironic because I have a degree in it. So I don't know what I don't get that, that you get. But anyways, enough about BitConnect. Those people are hurting. So. Yeah. So, you know, we can, we'll continue to add more and more coins uh, to the platform as they come out and, um, you know, we want to add more and more services because at the end of the day, we want to introduce people to crypto and the joys of crypto. Um, and we, we're sort of agnostic. You know, I believe in Bitcoin, but who yeah. knows where this thing's going to go and who knows what the cool services that can be added on the different blockchains. So, and then not only that, you know, we, we, this kiosk is not only just be a crypto kiosk. We, we have the vision that it's just a financial kiosk for, uh, you know, the 21st century and, and sort of, the internet and fintech so you know today right now it's crypto but you know tomorrow might be crypto and venmo and paypal and cash app App. you know and this is a place where you can you know get in and out of cash the cash app instantly um and so yep that's sort of the cash network that we're we're intending to build here Tell us about these this uh, i think there's an upcoming implementation that you can make credit card purchases Yes, 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 yes. Thanks. Thanks for reminding me. So yeah, we, uh, you know, our customer support line since day one has people calling and asking, you know, can we buy with our credit cards? And we're like, no, you know, it's only cash for now because there's a risk of chargebacks. Um, and the immediacy of credit cards has always, you know, customers have always wanted that. And so we finally figured out a solution to that. Um, and we will be offering next month in February the ability to purchase Bitcoin um, on our website and via our wallet app through uh, uh, with a credit card, which is huge. So, you know, customers no longer have to go to the machine and use the ATM uh, that's the traditional ATM that was next to the machine to withdraw cash and then insert it into our Bitcoin ATM. They can just all do it from, you know, their mobile phone or uh, on the Internet. Nice. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there, well, credit management type of people that would definitely love that option. Um, Well, I guess it's the last question, kind of the trademark question we have for this show. I didn't like it at first, but now I kind of do. And that is, is there anything that you had wished that I'd asked you that I didn't? Hmm, I mean, you really covered all the bases. Um, you know, I, I think 
I think we really covered all the bases. And if you want to learn more about us and our product and what we're offering, you know, go to our website, coincloudatm.com or download our, our free Bitcoin wallet in the app store, uh, CoinCloud ATM wallet. And, uh, we just want to continue to grow fast and, and bring sort of crypto to the masses. So, you know, that's our, that's our vision. Nice. CoinCloud's going global. You know, we're, <laughs> our focus is in the United States right now. We think that you know, we're at 220 machines right now. Uh, we think that could be 10,000 in three years in the United States. So uh, we're going to get the low-hanging fruit in the market that's huge and, and you know, the market we know how to operate in for now. But uh, you know, if certain opportunities come up globally, you know, we're not opposed to that either. Nice. I like that approach. So one of, I think some one of my old mentors told me you got to storm the beach. Uh, and I asked him, I was like, what does that mean? He's like, well, you know, when you take in your territory, you don't just like drop all of your military on the whole land. You just start with a small little beach and then you branch out from there. And I was like, oh, OK, that makes sense. But anyways, enough about old quips. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for swinging by the show, taking the time to uh, educate us on coin cloud because um, previous to us contacting each other i didn't know about coin cloud i just knew about uh, like you said robocoin i knew about the other lamasu bitcoin atms i think um, but i was unaware that coin cloud was doing so well and was, was was around so thank you very much yeah yeah a lot of people you know confuse the operators and the uh the hardware manufacturers mm-hmm uh, like Lama Soon Robocoin were manufacturers and they would sell those products to guys like us who are operators. And it's sort of like the distinction of like, you know, Hyosung who makes the ATM selling it to Wells Fargo who actually operates it. That's sort of the, uh, the market distinction there. And we've actually, you know, we're actually building all of our own kiosks now. Um, we were unhappy with, you know, the Robocoins of the world and, uh, you know, took that hard. We wanted more control of the hardware and the actual product that was being delivered to the customer and uh, took that into our own hands. So we're building our all of our own kiosk right now in in, uh, in Arizona. All right. Well, thank you very much. And if you are interested in going on the Law and Blockchain podcast, I'll try and let Amy know, and maybe we could set that up. Maybe there are people who want to know about the intricacies of uh, what is it uh, KYC and AML laws and ATM yeah. networks. So happy know. to do it. And you know, thanks for having me. And you know, I would happy to be on that podcast as well.